0: the name of one God who creates, redeems, and sustains us, amen. (sighs) So here we are, I know you all woke up this morning and thought to yourself, ah, clearly it's Easter 5, you know, because that's how you all look at your calendars, like I do. But we really are still in this Easter season, and it started with our Gospel readings telling of resurrection appearances in the upper room and on the beach. And then throughout the rest of the Easter season, we get thrown back into the life of Jesus before the cross. In today's Gospel reading, we return to Monday, Thursday, back to the Last Supper, Jesus sharing a meal with his disciples before the betrayal and the crucifixion. Quite frankly, I kind of appreciate the moment to stop and look at this contrast. Monday, Thursday, when we come to it, is about mandatum do this in remembrance of me. And so on Monday, Thursday, we stop in the middle of our busy lives. And we remember and we meditate on the fact that Jesus calls us to share a meal together. Jesus calls us to be servant to one another. Jesus calls us to care selflessly for one another. This all makes so much sense on Monday, Thursday. It's the beginning of the end of Holy Week. And Jesus speaks about glory and love, and it makes so much sense when we haven't come to the cross yet. For glory and love are both part of Jesus' consistent message in the Gospel of John. Yet what do these same words mean today for us when we are on the other side of the cross What does it mean to glorify God when we know that Jesus hung on two pieces of wood? What does it mean to love one another, not just because it's the nice thing to do, but because Jesus died and rose for us, and that self-giving love is a reason for us to extend self-giving love to others, to care for one another, to be servant to one another. To understand this resurrection glory, this resurrection love, we actually almost need to go back to Monday, Thursday, to that upper room and that Last Supper for just a moment. Because when we go back and we look at it from this side, We remember that Jesus speaks of this need to glorify God and to love one another. And he says these words knowing that Judas is going to betray him. And he still says to glorify God and love one another. And Jesus knows that Peter is going to go out and deny him. And yet Jesus still says to glorify God and to love one another. Jesus knows that the disciples aren't ever going to fully get it all right, and yet he breaks bread with them. Jesus shares a meal with them. Jesus gets on his knees and washes their feet. No judgment, no shame, no snark or guilt. No, you should have, or it would have been better if you had have, or you would be better off if you had. No, Jesus just shows the power of God's love through serving others by offering kindness and care and compassion. We witness Jesus' offer. we witness Jesus' offer of love, even when He knows that those disciples aren't going to live up to the standards that Jesus has hoped they would. And again, I ask, what does that witness say to us today on the other side of the cross? When Jesus talks about glorifying God, it isn't the triumphant way that some wanted the Messiah to show up. My God can beat your God. Rather, it's about my God can extend love beyond your comprehension. And this is a reason not to just give God the glory glory, as we would say. But because God can extend love beyond our comprehension, that really brings it into question, by what intensity do we give glory back to God? You and I, we come to church, we pray, we read scripture because we follow a God who is willing in the face of betrayal and denial to still offer love. And that's a lot for us to take in because I think even today there's a part of us that would really love a triumphant God who would just come along and solve the ills of the world and bring about justice and an end to poverty and hunger and an end to war and addiction and racism and we could go on and on with the list of things that God really should get busy and do something about this triumphant God that we want Yet we follow a God who calls us from the very depths of our being to show God's love and working together. It is up to you and I to bring about justice through God's love. It is up to you and I to end poverty and hunger and war and addiction because when we express God's love to those in need, we are glorifying God. And the challenge is is that God asks us to do that to everyone, especially those who we think least deserve it. And I wrote this sermon before the shootings in Buffalo yesterday. And before I had details, I immediately texted my stepfather, whose family is there, and said, is everyone okay?" And then when I read, read the details, I realized, of course, His family was okay, but I kept wondering as I was thinking about my sermon, what would it mean if we expressed love? What would it mean if this young man who thought that it was a good idea to get in his car and drive to end other people's lives based on their skin color, what if we had shown him love and care and compassion And let him know that everybody has a place at the table equally. And yet to practice, to practice that kind of love, it is a tall order for us. Because we all have someone's feet who we don't want to wash. We all have the ebgb's when we know we have to sit down and eat with whoever that is. And yet the God we follow calls us to extend care and compassion to the very ones who we don't want to extend it to. And and so I ask, can we wholeheartedly glorify our God? And I know, because I'm human, there are days when I just can't, just can't. can't you to. No, there are days when I just don't have it in me. But I also know, and you got a good point, but I know where I am. I also know that God calls us to follow him in a way in which we can also extend care and compassion to ourselves when we fail. When our denial of another's humanity, when our betrayal of God's trust by our actions or our inactions don't measure up to our covenant of love that we have with God, God does not abandon us in our bad decisions. God doesn't condone our bad behavior or the bad behavior of others, whoever the others are. God doesn't want anyone's betrayal or denial. But when those happen, because we're human, God walks with us. Just as God did not abandon Jesus on the cross, God does not abandon us when we are betrayed and challenged by betrayal and denial in our own lives. God does not abandon us when we don't measure up to the person who we know God created us to be. Just as God doesn't abandon others when they do the same. Perhaps perhaps it's when we're at our worst, it's when we're at our worst that we should work the hardest to glorify God who meets us in these diminished, dark places. To hear this passage from John's gospel again today in the Easter season, it gives us a chance to take the joy and the power that we feel every time we shout out an Easter, hallelujah. Hello? That was just straight out weak. That's how you all glorify God? Every time we shout out an Easter, hallelujah. And remember that the glory, glory that we give to God, it is not season-dependent. It shouldn't matter if our calendar is Lent 5 or Easter 5 or in the middle of the long summer. As disciples of Jesus, we are called to the life long learning of using our lives, of using our countenance, of using our very sentient beings to praise and glorify the God who loves us enough to meet us right where we are. And yet a God who also loves us far too much to accept our excuses for staying right where we are. So the next time you are your worst self, stop. Stop for a moment and remember all that transpired during Holy Week. And consider in that very moment what it would look like to glorify God. Love God enough. Love yourself enough. Love yourself and God enough to move forward in a new way. Love God and yourself to move forward in an Easter way of being. Amen.